This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Air Force is putting the finishing touches on a proposed overhaul of its personnel management system for officers. They would be the first large-scale reforms since the 1980s. And by the end of the process, the service says it wants a system that actually promotes officers who have the characteristics the Air Force says it values. Details from Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. All 280 of the service's wing commanders met last week in Washington to give their units feedback on some of the changes the Air Force is contemplating. General David Goldfein, the Air Force Chief of Staff, plans to deliver his final recommendations to the Air Force Secretary by the end of the month. Goldfein says he wants the revised system to promote officers based on just four factors. We value, number one, how well do you accomplish the mission that you have been assigned? Number two, how well do you lead the airmen entrusted to your care? Number three, how well do you manage the resources required to do your mission? And number four, how well have you individually improved your unit during the rating period? That's it. Those are the four core competencies that is going to drive everything we do in officer talent management. As for what the focus on those criteria will mean in practice, the Air Force says they'll yield reforms that introduce more objective, measurable benchmarks to determine who gets promoted and who doesn't. And those benchmarks will focus more on an officer's recent performance than good or bad marks they may have received years earlier in their careers. Lieutenant General Brian Kelly is the Air Force's personnel chief. The Raider is going to go through and read those dif- different areas and say, OK, are you a novice in this area or are you an expert in this area? Let me dis- decide what your behavior describes itself at. That's going to lend itself to having eventually some kind of score. Um, we're still in the, in the formation stages, but right now we're thinking about a seven-point scale. And you could say, okay, when I go through this process uh, for executing the mission, I get a 5.5 on my scorecard. And when I look at leading people, I get a, a 4.9. And then what we want to be able to do, rather than uh, have a stratification, is use that and have that be measured both from the Raiders profile... You know, what is this Raider? Is this Raider an easy grader? Is this Raider a hard grader? Are they Santa Claus or, or are they Grinch in terms of what they give out? Have some kind of normalization of that, like we've seen our sister services do in, in, in similar fashions, and then give us a chance to compare that person's score across their peers, whether it's in that developmental category, um, but at that grade. So all majors who happen to be this AFSC across this category, this is how you score and how you fare it out. Um, we think that's a e- better way for us to be able to drive and empower performance and make sure we're doing that without getting into a discussion of um, who was a uh, distinguished graduate or who wasn't. So that's our, our method, and that's where we're going right now, and that's what we're testing out. The Air Force also wants to get rid of what Kelly termed a one-size-fits-all promotion track. Instead of insisting that all officers achieve certain levels of command at predetermined points in their career to be considered promotable, he says the service will break its promotion pathways down into developmental categories. The six categories are special operations, space operations, nuclear missile operations, information warfare, combat support, and force modernization. They're meant to make the promotion system more flexible. We need more agile development. We need to let people develop in different ways, whether that's in space, cyber, support, uh, force modernization. Uh, and what we're doing is by unlocking unlocking the ability to not be beholden to or not worry about how you're going to compete against others in a promotion board who may be not like you. It gives us the idea that we can develop differently and develop in the ways we need to. So that's really important. And treating different types of airmen differently is also likely to mean the service won't necessarily penalize them for wanting or needing to stay in the same position or location for longer than the standard two to three years. Right now what happens is I think all of us get into this mode and, and of um, if you stay too long on a station, you might be considered, right, a homesteader. Uh, and when you go to a promotion board or you go to, go to look at something, somebody will say, well, they stayed too long at that place and they've homesteaded. 
As we've worked on this developmental categories idea, and we've looked at how to break it down from our current single line of the Air Force category into six developmental categories, each of those areas now has the ability to adjust those discussions and decide what's the right time on station criteria and how do I look at time on station different. I'll use the force modernization category in particular. There is great value in us having more continuity and more time to work a program, an acquisition program, and have that continuity from year to year as we go through a program. Um, This will allow us to do that without that having a negative impact in terms of the promotion because the force modernization category will be meeting a promotion board and looking at other officers who have the same uh, set and same values and discussions. So this gives us the opportunity to do that and adjust those time on station things to what's appropriate and not just have us move through uh, just to move through and be competitive. So that's where we're going. The current conversation about reforming officer promotions was prompted, at least in large part, by a series of essays last year by a then-anonymous senior officer, Colonel Jason Lang. Under the pseudonym Ned Stark, Lamb wrote that the promotion system as it stands now is fundamentally broken. In that system, he argues, the Air Force identifies airmen as high-potential officers earlier in their careers when they're mere captains. After that, it's virtually impossible to remove them from an eventual pathway to general officer, even if they've proven to be toxic leaders in the meantime. Goldfein took that criticism on and asked Stark, who has become something of a modern-day Air Force folk hero, to work at the Pentagon on a team that's been working on personnel reform since last year. Appearing alongside Kelly on stage at the Air Force Association's annual D.C. conference last week, Lamb said the Air Force needs a promotion system that cares a lot more about what an officer has done lately than how many degrees or awards he or she has or what the airman might have done several years ago. I have four master's degrees. Why? I... Three of them are in the same subject. So no wonder I was the top grad the last time around. It only took me three tries to figure it out. You know, so I got the first master's degree on my own. Those other three, those were three years that I wasn't out there leading airmen. That was three years where I could have been contributing to the mission that were lost. I mean, they were. They were just lost. With the Air Force now in growth mode, Lamb says it's especially important that the service pay more attention to promoting leaders who've shown they are ready and able to take on senior positions based on their immediate history. We have to move away from the the entire concept of sustained superior performance, which anchors us in the past. That your past is interesting only as it relates to what you can do today. That your past is not going to define or predetermine your path in the Air Force or limit you or artificially propel you to places that you should have never been. Lamb says the system also needs more accountability on several fronts. Both in his writings and on stage Wednesday, he suggested it tends to reward leaders who are risk-averse, especially ones who defer decisions and ignore innovative proposals from their more junior ranks because they might not work. Similarly, Lamb says the current system carries no penalties for senior officers who know or have reason to believe that a person they're promoting or championing doesn't belong in a leadership position. Senior leaders need to be accountable for who they're pushing into or hiring into leadership positions, positions of trust. When we hire someone and they get fired for integrity issues, lack of judgment, creating a toxic or hostile work environment, I promise you it wasn't the first time that they engaged in those behaviors. And there was a long line of more senior officers who pushed that individual along. There's no accountability. There's no feedback loop. That doesn't affect our senior leaders in any way. And until there's an accountability mechanism and a way to follow up and have actual meaningful consequences, the system isn't going to change. 
Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. We all have a lot on our plates. Work, kids, relationships. And sometimes it can be hard to just catch a breath. When life is go, 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 it matters where you stay. Hilton's family of brands is team members dedicated to making you feel truly cared for so you can mentally check out before you even check in. Take the break you deserve and book your next stay on Hilton.com. Hilton for the stay.